I want to start by saying I think it's hilarious how much more I've learned about economics in the past three months than I did as four years as an econ major. And it's very clear the difference. When I was in college, I didn't care. It was just work. But now there are questions that I'm curious about, and I'm following that curiosity, and I'm learning. And so for me, I've been on the left most of my life. I'm left when it comes to most political issues. And on the left, almost everyone has become or was anti-capitalist. And so for me, I've been wrestling with all of these questions about, is the U.S. a capitalist country or is it something else? Is it a capitalist, socialist hybrid? And which way does it lean? I've been asking myself questions of, can we get to a post-racial society within a capitalist system? How are capitalism and racism interwoven? Is capitalism the problem? These are many of the questions that I've been wrestling with. And with Christmas in the rear view, one thing that I was thinking about a lot is the relationship between capitalism and consumerism, which on the left are almost synonymous. But much of what I've been reading is or has convinced me that it's not that simple. And so let me just say this to start. Consumption is necessary for a functioning economy. And from a moral perspective, I have no interest in telling anyone what to spend their money on. If it's yours, spend it the way you see it, king or queen. But what I have a problem with is debt-fueled consumption. People buying things they don't need that they can't afford and being enabled to buy them with financial instruments like debt with high interest rates. Debt-fueled mass consumption is what I'm not a fan of. And there's a few reasons that America is a debt-fueled mass consumption society. Number one is that we have fiat money, which means that the money supply is always increasing, prices are always increasing, and people are disincentivized to save. Because if I put $500 in a bank account, this time five years from now, that $500 is not going to go nearly as far as it would have 30 or 40 years ago because prices are rising and the interest rates on savings accounts are basically zero. It disincentivizes saving. Another reason is government intervention. The government is constantly putting new money into the economy by allowing banks to issue debt that is not backed by anything in the Federal Reserve. This leads to an increase in the money supply, and it leads to all of this free money around with very low interest rates, which again is incentivizing people to go ahead and consume without having to worry about balancing a budget or ever having to pay anything off. And I think the culture also plays a huge role. We live in a culture where people are taking out loans to buy things so that they can post them on Instagram and feel better about themselves, which at its root is insecurity. People are posturing and using things to feel superior to other people because at the root, we're insecure. And so these three things, these three things are all related to the debt-fueled mass consumption, not only in America, but throughout the West. 
And so one thing I think is clear to say is that capitalism and consumerism are not the same thing, even though we can argue about how interwoven they are. The definition of capitalism, the way I understand it, is when entities own the means of production as opposed to governments owning the means of production. And so back to something I said earlier, the U.S. is a capitalist socialist country. We have Medicare, which means that the government owns some of the healthcare resources. That's socialism. We also have private healthcare. That's capitalism. And in a capitalist society where entities own the means of production, it is not necessarily true that that has to be a debt-fueled mass consumption society. In fact, the way that we got here is through capital accumulation, investment, saving. What's fucked up about our modern economy is that in a well-functioning capitalist market economy, the only money that would be available for consumption is money that was at one point saved and invested. That's how these two things are supposed to work. We need an economy that has consumption and saving, where the amount of consumption is equal to the level of saving over time. And the way that we regulate this, regulates the wrong word, the way that these things are in relationship is through interest rates. When interest rates are high, people are incentivized to save and defer consumption. When interest rates are low, people are incentivized to borrow and to consume. The problem, though, the problem, though, is that government intervention, manipulation of the interest rate leads to lower interest rates and people being able to borrow with money that is not backed by deferred consumption and saving. So we have an economy where there is almost no saving, there is lots of debt-fueled consumption, and there's no indication that anyone is ever going to be able to pay any of this stuff off. We live in an economy with very high time preference. No one is interested in 2025 or 2030 or 2035 or 2040. All we're interested in is consuming in the present moment. And by the way, this is for poor and rich. You have poor people taking out high interest loans to buy things like Christmas trees. And then you have rich people who are leveraging their wealth to buy things that they can't afford because they can get better loans with lower interest rates. Capitalism, at its best, is a society where economic growth is driven by savings, investments, capital accumulation, and more efficient means of production. There has to be a relationship between consumption and savings, but in a great capitalist market economy, there's going to be lots of investment, lots of saving, and that level is going to be dictated by an interest rate that is not manipulated by the federal government. But we're way, way past that. This capitalist society, this capitalism at its best that I've just described doesn't exist anywhere and will likely never exist because we live in a moment, a political moment, where all of the power is going to politics and we're never going to see an economy that isn't manipulated by a federal reserve. And so what can we do? What can we do? I think there's a few things. This is the reason that Bitcoin is so important because Bitcoin is the only savings technology that we really have access to. 
I talked about savings and investment and capital accumulation, but honestly, I don't feel good telling someone that they should put $1,000 into a regular savings account because that's just losing value over time. Might as well go buy something with it that may increase in value over time. I think Bitcoin is one of those things. And so I'm interested to see whether or not Bitcoin can help save us as governments continue to print money to do the things that they want to do. I also think accountability is really important. At the same time that I want people to invest in Bitcoin, we also have to stop buying things that we can't afford to impress people we don't like, which is a Gary Vee quote. We have to stop buying things we can't afford with debt that is just given to us at very low interest rates. And that's about accountability. And I think this is important too, because at the end of the day, we are all nodes in a network. We all have relationships with family members, friends, colleagues, and acquaintances, and other people model our own behavior. And so if individual people can stop buying things with debt that they don't need, maybe more people will do that. At the end of the day, so many people on the left want to fix things through political means. We want to vote. We want to be activists. We want to get the right people into office. And it's essential. And it's essential that we have a political sphere of this movement. But politics is not the answer to everything. Accountability has to be a part of the equation. And accountability matters because, again, we are all nodes in a network. We interact with a few people, and we can have a tremendous impact on those few people's behavior. Who can have a tremendous impact on a few people's behavior? And that gets to everyone, eventually. If you really understand that you're a node in a network, it becomes very apparent that what you do matters. And accountability matters. Because again, there's unsound money, there's government intervention, but there's also culture at the heart of this debt-fueled mass consumption. And so I'd say a few questions that I'm going to continue to ponder is, where does the U.S. fall on the capitalism-socialism scale? Is capitalism the problem? Could we ever get to a society that is based on Bitcoin where we would no longer have this debt-fueled mass consumption? Or is the U.S. just in late-stage capitalism? Is this like the end of the Roman Empire? Are we just going to go out like this? I don't know. But I'm going to continue thinking about this and continue talking about it.